You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hello and welcome back to the Screeners Podcast. I'm Daniel. This is Chad. And those are all the screeners we've got for you today. But don't worry, we still have a double feature coming your way. And joining us for part of that double feature, we have a very special guest. Uh, Chad Madden is a longtime listener of the show, and uh, we wanted to have him on to review Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom with us. Chad is a uh, longtime cinephile, just like the rest of us, a big old movie geek. Uh, He also works in production. He's a shooter and editor. So we are excited to have him here. Chad, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. I can't tell you how excited I am to be a part of this. I've been listening since the, really the beginning since you guys started the podcast. So uh, thank you guys. This, this is really exciting. That's awesome. Well, hey, let me. Whatever let, positivity you have, we'll sure to squash that real oh, quick. Oh, for sure. Take long. Uh, Chad, as a longtime listener of the show, let me ask you a question. Was there like a moment where the show just got a lot better? Like did where something changed, <laughs> and it just it just really brought the show up from uh, from from it was kind of like, it was kind of okay, and then it got really better. Is there a moment that made that happen? Um, sure, I'm gonna what? keep that to myself. Um, I don't. I, was it when we stopped having Josh do movie reviews? I don't know. <laughs> Hasn't happened yet. No, I, I I'll let you guys. Yeah, you can use your imagination. One thing but. you'll learn, Chad, is that Daniel is not afraid to promote Daniel. So welcome okay. to the screen. Whoa, is that awesome. what we were talking about? Oh wow. Wow, I didn't even. Wow, I didn't realize. Uh, no, but really, we're we're so glad you're here. Thanks for uh, all those kind of words, and we are yeah. excited uh, to review Jurassic World with you. And we're also going to be reviewing Incredibles too. We are so excited for this double feature. It's been a while. We've had a few breaks over the summer, but there's still plenty of movies to see. So uh, keep an eye on on our social media channels. We always want you to like those. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Interact with us there. Let us know what you're watching, uh, what you think of the movies we've been talking about. We just want to hear from you guys. Uh, Chad has has, uh, sent us in quite a few emails over the years. We've mentioned those on the show. Uh, We love that sort of thing. Uh, And hey, it uh, it got Chad on the show, so maybe that'll happen for you. So if you uh, send us an email chime in with us we want to know what you guys are watching today we're going to be reviewing jurassic world fallen kingdom but before we get there we actually have one more special guest uh, and we wanted to hear his thoughts on jurassic world fallen kingdom before we dive into the rest of our review uh so we have cole guyton chad guyton's son who is a huge jurassic world fan uh cole how's it going hey so what'd you think of jurassic world fallen kingdom it was good. It was good. What was good about it? I saw the Indoraptor and the T-Rex and the Carnotaurus. Was the movie kind of scary? No. Oh, no. Wow. That That's pretty awesome. You're pretty brave because I thought it was kind of scary. What were your favorite parts? My favorite part was the T-Rex attacking the Carnotaurus. Oh, yeah. That was a pretty awesome part. That was awesome. I agree. So what do you love about all the Jurassic World movies? What's what's the best thing about all these movies? So, my favorite parts are Wendy and Dominus was at fighting the T-Rex in the first Jurassic World. That is that the best part in all the movies? Yeah. That's pretty awesome. I want to see Jurassic World 3. Tell me what you want to see in the third movie. I want to see the Indoraptor. Did you have anything else you wanted to tell us about Jurassic World? 
um, when the um, Mosasaurus came out of the water and it ate the Indominus. That was awesome. That was awesome. Okay, he's just spoilerific. I think what we've learned is his favorite part of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is everything in Jurassic World, the first that's, one. I think that's going to be a recurring theme over this episode. I don't know about you guys. How many can you save? Eleven species. Blue is the last of her kind. You'll never capture her. We thought you might know someone who could help. A rescue op? What could go wrong? Hey, Blue. You know me. Come with me. He know you can't stay here. It was all a lie! The man who proved raptors can follow orders. You never thought how many millions a trained predator might be once? The IMDb description of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom reads, When the island's dormant volcano begins roaring to life, Owen and Claire mount a campaign to rescue the remaining dinosaurs from this extinction-level event. Oh boy. That is the IMDb description of this sequel to Jurassic World, directed by J.A. Bayona. Is that how you say it? I don't want to get in yep, trouble. That's Bayona. Right. All right. And that's right. Uh, it stars Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, Rafe Spall, Justice Smith, Danielle Pineda, James Cromwell, Toby Jones, and a bunch of other people. Okay, so let's go ahead and dive into our full-on review. We're going to start with our special guest, Chad Madden. What did you think of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom? But before you tell me what you think of, of Fallen Kingdom, I also want to real quick just kind of hear your history with the, the Jurassic Park franchise and what you thought of the kind of reboot Jurassic World. And then tell me your thoughts on Fallen Kingdom. So Jurassic Park absolutely loved the first one. Um, I actually wasn't even allowed to see it when it came <laughs> out in theaters. I had to wait a long time until I could. And then when I actually watched it, you know, I fell in love with it, uh, just like the rest of the world did. And then very interested to see the next ones that came. But for me, I feel like it just kind of went downhill. Uh, mm. So Jurassic Park was great. And then Lost World, okay. And then the third one was just I, I thought it was terrible. I, I, I didn't even like watching it. It just kind of got, you know, to a point where it was just, okay, that's ridiculous. And then, so this new, I guess, installment um, with Jurassic World, uh, I was very interested to see what's going to happen. Since there was so much time, I guess, in between, I thought, hey, uh, these movies are going to look good. The graphics are going to be a lot better. And uh, Chris Pratt is the main star. I love Chris Pratt, pretty much anything he's in. You know, he's such a likable guy in any character he plays. You know, you're pretty much going to like anything he does. Ever since Parks and Rec, I've uh, mm -hmm. been following him, and he's hilarious. So anything that he's in, he just brings a nice charm to it. So I liked Jurassic World. I was excited uh, when it came out. Didn't know what they were going to do with uh, this next one, but... I don't know. This is where I start to get, you know, I don't want everybody to hate me with this, <laughs> with this review. I'm kind of like, oh, should I, you know, I, I actually, I came prepared because I knew that this was my, my debut on the screeners podcast. <laughs> so I had to be ready, but I made a list of the goods and the bads, and then just kind of my overall opinion about it. The good is from a technical aspect, I loved it. So on a scale of 1 to 10, technical, I give it an 8. On the flip side of that, if you're talking about the story, 
I'm going to give it a five. The CGI to me was probably the best part about this movie. Uh, the dinosaurs in every scene looked amazing. Uh, some of the aerial shots that they had, you know, I'm a, I'm a really big uh, cinematography fan. So if like you can make your movie look good, then it's, you know, it's brownie points for me. Um, so the aerial shots of the island, everything just looked beautiful. The lighting in this movie, I thought, you know, the first half of the movie, and and I'll talk more about that later. The first half of this movie, just, I was, I thought I was looking at a Rembrandt painting, like, the whole time. I was like, this is, you know, the lighting director did a fantastic job. Yeah, like I said, this, the cinematography was great. There were actually a couple moments in this movie where I cared about the dinosaurs. <laughs> um yeah like actually cared, you know, emotionally what was going to happen to them. But I'll, I'll save the rest. I guess I'll save my, my bad whatever for later. But overall, great CGI, mediocre acting, lazy story. That's all I got. Mm. So kind of mixed, mixed review. Not all bad, yeah. but yeah. somewhat It's literally sure. split to me like down the middle and which is funny because that's how the movie is to me there's right. there's a there's a you know a clear defining point in this movie which is almost in in the middle of it where it just it's it's you know it's just split there's just something completely different but yeah so mixed i guess all right and we will definitely dive into the spoilers in a little bit and get into exactly what you're talking about there for sure so let's go to chad guyton uh, I want to hear your history with the franchise. We've heard about it on the show before, but just give us a refresher. Uh, tell us what you thought about Jurassic World as well, and then dive into your thoughts on Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, very much like Chris. I, Jurassic Park is Chris's favorite movie of all time, and it changed his life to bend it toward production and film for uh, for a career. I very much like Chris agree that Jurassic Park is a seminal work uh, in the history of, of cinema. Love it. Agree with Chad, the other Chad, that they go steadily downhill from there. Although I do think the first two-thirds of, of Lost World are pretty awesome. And then the last 20, 30 minutes are, are not great. Uh, third one is a waste of time. One of the bigger arguments that Chris and I have had on the podcast was over Jurassic World. Because I don't think it's very good. I don't think it's terrible. But he he was, I think he let his love of the original kind of color his, and I hate to speak for him, but he's not here so he can't stop me. But I think it, it colored his view of that film. I don't think it was, I don't think it was very good. But I was excited to return to this movie for Fallen Kingdom specifically because of the director, Jay uh, Bayona. Mm -hmm. uh, he's known for The Orphanage, which is fantastic. The Impossible, which is also really great. And A Monster Calls. I mean, what a that's a great trilogy of films that shows a wide breadth of capability in the surreal and the CGI realm that really lends itself to this kind of film, but more importantly, really tight storytelling, economical storytelling, and a good sense of managing tone in all of those previous films. So I was really excited going into, into Fallen Kingdom. And my only hesitation was that Colin Trevorrow was also screenwriter for this. And the more work that I see that Colin Trevorrow does, the happier I am that he was removed from episode nine of Star Wars. Because in my opinion, this movie 
unlike Chad, uh, I am not mixed on this movie. This movie is hot garbage. It is a hot, steaming pile of garbage. I hate this movie. Oh, now, I, I and it takes a lot for me to not to cross over into the hatred realm. And the more that I think about this movie, the more that I hate it. I'm going to agree with Chad and say that obviously from a visual standpoint, the money is on the screen. There is no doubt the the CGI looks great. The the dinos look more realistic than ever. Uh, it's beautiful, especially on the island. And I don't think it's a spoiler to say because it, they, they talked about it openly and it's in the trailers that the idea is that this island is is blowing up. It's mm. it's eating itself from the inside. So obviously we can't have an entire movie there. And I think up to the point where they uh, the island does, in fact, the volcano erupts and all that stuff. I was on board with this movie somewhat. I mean, I had some issues, but I was on board bored with it but what happens in the middle of this movie and where it goes from there to where it becomes a a, a complete it's not just a tonal shift it's a genre shift right in the middle is one of the most mind-boggling decisions i've ever seen in any film that i have ever seen and i'm going to try not to get mad about it because this movie is not even (laughs) worth my anger it's not even worth my anger it is so bad and so absurd the character development is non-existent the actors are playing caricatures not actual people and they do things that no real person would do but that doesn't really matter because they're written in such a way that they're not even like real people that it has fake twists that are lazy because they're trying to manufacture some sort of tension and resolution that is not there anywhere else it's never exciting it's never thrilling it's never scary there was there was a moment where you know you heard from cole earlier and and that's the best part about this movie experience for me was seeing my child my six-year-old boy love this movie just because he loves dinos but even he in the middle of the movie came over and said daddy is this over yet i'm getting tired and he wasn't tired folks he was just bored like everybody else in the movie it's not funny I mean, you have Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard, and they're completely wasted. The script gives them nothing to do. It doesn't harness Chris Pratt's charisma or comedic potential. And then the relationship dynamic between them, which was established in the first movie, broken in the second movie, and it's in the trailer, so I'm not spoiling it. And then we're supposed to buy that this is going to bring them back together. It's completely underserved at the script level. Therefore, when any kind of resolution is supposed to happen, we don't believe it. And nor do we care. Nor do we care. This is a movie that I feel like if you if Saturday Night Live were going to make a spoof of a Jurassic World movie, some of the things that happen in this last act, they would do it this way with the way that the villains and the antagonists act and the the setting and the it's it's mind-boggling how dumb this movie is. I and I've since learned that you know, Trevorrow uh, concepted this entire thing as a trilogy where he wanted it to end, where it's obviously going to end with Jurassic World, and we'll talk about it in spoilers, being a true Jurassic World. But it's clear to me that he probably had a decent idea about where to start this trilogy. I'm hoping 
he has a decent idea of where it's going to end. But he had no freaking clue what to do in the middle because this movie is so actively bad that it angers me. And I don't think anybody, unless you're six years old and just love to see dinosaurs, should waste your time with seeing it. I was angry when I left because it wasn't, and I movie passed it, it still wasn't even worth it. I, I hate this movie. I'm so, sorry. Uh, I, I be- hate it. Better or worse than Jurassic Park? <laughs> I, I was unclear. Listen, I wasn't sure. This retros- retroactively, this makes me love Jurassic World. I'm like, I, Jurassic World's a masterpiece compared to this thing. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I need to oh. calm down. I just can't help it. I just, <laughs> I can't understand. I can't understand with a budget this size and the people that are involved how anybody sits in a room and greenlights this script is a good idea. What are you? What? <laughs> and then with the script, the way that they shoot it and the way that they do things in it, it's. I can't even. I'm sorry, Dana. I gotta be quiet. I can't. I can't handle. Okay, it. I don't want to throw you guys for a loop, but this movie isn't good. It's just not. Uh, now I will say I'm the just the tiniest bit more positive than Chad Guyton, just a tiny little bit. But yeah, I I don't I don't like this movie either. I think it is definitely the worst of the franchise. So uh, real quick, my history with the franchise. Jurassic Park is a, is one of the best movies ever made. It's in my top 20. Fantastic movie. And the the two sequels suck and then or they're okay, but they're they're not great. And then uh, Jurassic World, I, again, I'm just the tiniest bit more positive than Chad Guyton. It's it was enjoyable. I, I wasn't mad at it. It was fine. It was good. It was but just kind of average as far as blockbusters go. It was uh, okay. That was fine. And so coming into this one, the trailers looked awful. There 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 didn't seem to be a reason for this movie to exist. And um, boy, was I right. There is just no reason <laughs> for this movie to exist. I mean, the problem started in Jurassic World. The characters of this new uh, reboot of the franchise are just terrible. Um, mm. And I don't know how you do that to Chris Pratt, who is one of the most charismatic people. He's like next to The Rock. He's like the most charismatic person working in Hollywood today. And so I don't, I don't understand how you make him boring and bland. Um, they took all humor pretty much out of Chris Pratt which is his best feature, and uh, they just kind of make him a quiet, trying-to-be-smoldering guy, and it's just so bland. And Bryce Dallas Howard, same thing. Her character is just boring. And none of the new characters in this franchise, none of the new characters in this sequel help that case at all. I agree with what you two said. The cinematography and the the CGI is the best part of this movie. This movie actually looks decent. Um, I I don't have a lot of negative things to say about this uh, movie visually. I think uh, the second half is is kind of good and dark and 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 rainy atmosphere visually. And uh, so so I I, re- I appreciate the way it looks. This might be the best looking of the Jurassic Parks movies. Just talking strictly of that sense. I can but, get on board with that. But otherwise, it's rough. Uh, I mean, the story is just ridiculous. And and I actually do want to challenge something that, that Chad Guyton said. You you, you you were attacking somehow the, the, the genre shift. And I actually, I was, I was on board for that conceptually. I see, I do see why they greenlit that idea. 
because to me, it's a cool idea. I was just going to say thank you, guys, like for just go ahead and, you know, I was trying to err on the (laughs) side of positive because this was my first thing and I didn't want to be like the odd guy out. But absolutely. I guys, I know Chad, if you did not ask me to to be upon this show i would not have even gone to see this movie to be honest because mm. i had no really no interest i was like uh okay but then you asked me and i was like okay i'm gonna go see it i have never i i don't remember the last time i have ever got up from a movie and gone to the bathroom and come back and was still kind of like i stood on the side i didn't even go back to my seat (laughs) i stood on the side just thinking okay do i want to go back and sit through this or not and i i've never done that for any movie that i can remember so thank you guys i just yeah it was i i I don't it was 30 minutes too long in my opinion i was like that's true you could cut out a lot of this mess i'm like where are we going from here and so yeah i yeah, like I said, so technical, it was great. Story, it was terrible. You're welcome, and also, I'm yes. sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, this movie, the, the concept of this movie going going into, well, again, I don't want to do spoilers, but, we but the, go genre, spoilers the genre shift it, that happens is, is good in a, as a concept, but it is just so dumb the way they do everything it's just so dumb i'm i'm on board for maybe trying to shake things up and do something different in a jurassic park series but this is just so dumb some so many decisions in this movie were so dumb it just i swear in the next movie there's gonna be a a dinosaur with lasers shooting out of its eyes that's gonna happen that's a real thing that's gonna happen i promise you this movie is. i wish that hey i would i would have taken that in this one it's so dumb. yeah this it's just so dumb. Dumb is right. And it's it's long and dumb. It's just when you think that it's can't get any dumber, it gets dumber. And that's what I meant by my SNL th- parody. It's like, ooh, guy in the corner is twirling his mustache, and then they yep. drive in a fleet of 25 cars, and then let's all... I can't talk about it right now. I can't it's so it. annoying. We'll talk about it when we get into spoilers. It's so dumb. And and that's the thing. There, there are twists that happen in this movie that come out of nowhere and that make absolutely no sense and then they take these concepts way too far so the 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 reason jurassic park is so amazing one i mean one of many reasons it's an amazing movie it it is the wonder of of these amazing creatures that used to exist and don't exist anymore but now they've taken this franchise to a different direction where it's all about genetic modifications and that's just so dumb. It's just so dumb. Like, and it just—it makes me—I can't think of a different word to say because that's how so—that's how mad I am right now. The, the things that they Good. make these dinosaurs Come to my side. get mad, Daniel. <laughs> the things that they make these dinosaurs do—it's—it's it's just so stupid. Like, what? What? They're gonna be like rocket dinosaur combo things after a yep. while. Like I don't understand. And then yep. we really do have to dive into spoilers before I get mad and and say something, but. Okay, I'm I'm gonna cut myself off. We we really do need to get into spoilers here. So we do, we so. do. But 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 you're right though. Before you go to spoilers, I wanna I want to just agree with you that the best part of this entire series is very simply when man is against nature. Yes, trying to survive and facing in awe the majesty of these creatures. Exactly right. That is the magic sauce. 
and as soon as it turns into and here's the thing how many times in a row can we just tell the same story i i would like to get on this hollywood train where i can just write the same script over and over and put in a couple of different things because this is ostensibly the same story that's been told a hundred times in a row the basic concept is again evil billionaires can't be trusted and humanity can't be trusted because they will always pick the thing and then the dinosaurs go out and i mean goldblum's character literally says it at the beginning of this movie that we can't be trusted with this because this always happens and then it happens again except the new people that have been introduced to this which are which we'll talk about later which the people behind the expedition it's the same beat that happened in jurassic world and in part three the same one and that's the thing i have to slightly disagree with you because i don't think it is the same like i think jurassic park and jurassic world were were obviously very similar stories where it's it's largely man just simply man versus beast largely um you know the the dinosaurs just running amok and and killing people and they have to survive there's other things thrown in there. There's little, there's villainy in there here and there. But for the most part, it's just man against dinosaurs. And so it's, that's why those are the two best movies in the franchise, in my opinion. Obviously, Jurassic Park is light years ahead of Jurassic World, but still, those are the two best. Yeah. Here, they take a leap into something different, which I understand why they wanted to do something different. That's where I disagree with you, Chad Guyton. But... They take a leap into something that's so inherently dumb that it doesn't even matter that they took a leap into something different because it's just so stupid. And uh, I agree, the motivations behind these stupid villains are the same that, that we've seen over and over again. It's just it's just ridiculous. Steven Spielberg and Jurassic Park, what he did with a cup of water right. and some thunderous, you know, like footsteps was more suspenseful and more intense than this whole movie. Just that sequence alone. Like... I, I don't know if it's just because it's it was the first one that came out. We hadn't really seen anything like that, and it was it was scary. But not one point of this movie were you scared? Were mm-hmm. you tense? Was there so, like you were wondering what's going to happen? It was Cole like Guyton just wasn't even saw. scared. Yeah, is he, he six years not. old? He was not scared. Come the on, only guys. thing that's the only thing that bothered him a little bit was the the Indoraptor's roar in our theater was just really loud because we saw it in a in a good theater with good sound and so he leaned over and said it was too loud that was the extent of his scaredness and he's six <laughs> he's come six come on come yeah. on so we do really need to dive into spoilers so we can talk about how truly dumb this movie is but before we get there. We always go around the horn, Chad. What we do, uh, say, give a recommendation of whether you should see this in the theater, whether you should rent it on iTunes or somewhere like that, whether you should stream it on a platform you already have, Netflix, Amazon, whatever, or if you should just skip the film altogether. I have a feeling that we are all on the same page here, uh, but let's go around anyway. Chad Madden, what do you think? Yeah, um, if you're sick and you're eating chicken noodle soup on the couch, then maybe you could stream it, but that's about it. That is a very accurate description. Chad Guyton, what do you think? Uh, You know, I am never watching this movie again other than the inevitable time where it's on in the background when my... I guess he'll be seven when it comes out, or maybe he'll be six. It'll probably come out before the end of the year. He wants to watch this again just because he likes dinosaurs. Uh, It's not theater-worthy. I would not pay money for it. Uh, I guess if you want to watch it when it comes to Netflix, then that's fine. But if if I'm being honest, I say skip this movie because it's insultingly stupid, and it's not worth watching. 
if this was a standalone film, I would say easily skip it and don't watch it again. The absolute only reason I'll ever watch this again is if I'm watching through all the Jurassic Park movies. Before the inevitable sequel comes out, I'll rewatch this one just to be reminded of how dumb it is. Uh, but that's the only reason. If you like the Jurassic Park franchise, you kind of have to. So stream it. Do not pay money for this one. Uh, but otherwise, just just skip it. It's just not good. It's just really... So truly not good. Before we dive into spoilers real quick, Chad Guyton, how are you feeling about, I think, uh, so I placed Jurassic World at number two on my summer movie wager. Uh, did you place it at number three or number four? I placed it at number three, so I feel great about that because I think that's where it's going to end up. I think actually Incredibles 2 is going to end up being number two. And I think Jurassic World is going to be number three. So I feel good about that. They had a $150 million opening. Uh, Incredibles 2 right now is sitting at $350 million. It made $80 million over the weekend. Uh, Jurassic World made $148 million. And there, if, if the fall off is, is as expected, which is probably going to be half of that or maybe even 60%, then yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about it being number three. Yeah, I have it at number two, and uh, yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think Incredibles is going to surpass it. I I, I believe I, that's what I said I, I thought it was going to deserve in our wager, um, but luckily audiences are, are as smart as I hoped they were in that Jurassic World 2 is not making as much money as the first one, so that reassures yeah, me. Yeah, and this, there's no doubt that the word of mouth is super positive for Incredibles 2 and, and, and right. pretty negative for Jurassic right. World. That's right. All right, with that out of the way, we are going to dive right into the stupidity of the spoilers for Fallen Kingdom. The first rule of Fight Club is, you do not talk about Fight Club. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got them? But there's so many places it would never occur to a hawk to hide. However, the reason the Führers brought me off my house in Austria and placed me in French cow country today is because it does occur to me. Because I'm aware what tremendous feats human beings are capable of once they abandon dignity. In the dream, I knew that he was going on ahead. He's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there in all that dark and all that cold. And I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. And then I woke up. In the ending of this film, our heroes are revealed to be mass murderers as they unleash these dinosaurs on the world on purpose. Why? Can anybody answer that question for me? Why? Um, I, I think, and this is the, it's the little girl, right? I forget her name. I don't yeah. even remember her name. I but, don't know her name either. Um, and yeah, I, I, but dun, dun, dun. She's yeah. a clone. Oh, right. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. She's a clone. And I remember what she said. She was like, I'm alive. So, uh, you know, they can be alive, which I kind of missed. I understood, you know, she was a clone, but I guess I didn't understand what was her relationship with the, with the grandfather and the, and the, like, who was she exactly? Like who was she, she a was clone the, of? She was his she daughter. Was his, daughter a clone of his daughter who was killed in a car accident so he cloned her okay which i'm actually on board with that idea yeah Um, why not hey we're we're all we already have (laughs) dinos in a haunted house let's just have sci-fi as well why not let's just throw another genre in there it's just great (laughs) well i mean it it makes sense it makes sense like as a as a an extension of well if they can bring dinosaurs back from this blood then they can bring humans into the world i'm down for that it's just they do nothing with that 
they just make her uh, because she's a clone. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna potentially kill humanity, just all of it, by unleashing these dinosaurs yeah, in the world. But not you know not to play the devil's advocate too much. But would they really? I mean, they were only right. able to bring eleven species back or seven species back, and we have tracking in all of these dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. I would think it would be pretty easy for the government to just kill them all. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's, so, that's what they said it, in the previous five movies. No, I understand, but in the previous five movies, they've all been contained on right, this island. Right. And so, I mean, I, this movie, the second that you try to start applying logic to anything, <laughs> you just will want to you'll want to just give up on life. So it's not it's not even worth it. Yeah. But yeah, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. So uh, one thing I don't think I gave enough due in in our non spoiler review is I think the first. I don't know, one-fifth of this movie, or maybe even a fourth, it is okay. Uh, basically, the, I, I'm on board for kind of most of the volcano sequence, the, the volcano parts of the movie, like because that feels more normal. It's just kind of okay. They're outrunning this volcano. Let's see what happens. I'm okay with m- most of that. Um, not that I was loving it, but it was okay. Okay, but all of a sudden... I feel like the twist where uh, Ted Levine and his henchmen, they obviously we know that they're bad, but the twist came out of absolutely nowhere. All of a sudden, they just were bad. Um, and he shoots Chris Pratt with a tranquilizer gun, and then the scientist girl says, if you kill me, the raptor's going to die. And I was like, kill you? Where did that even come from? Like, I, that whole scene. And then they leave Chris Pratt for dead. I was just... It was all out of nowhere. Was that weird to you guys? For me, when they actually left the island, wherever, if that's, you know, you know, halfway or three-fourths or whatever it is, at that point, that's when it just totally changed into a complete different movie. And it was like, it was a good, you know, it was kind of like a roller coaster. It was like, okay, we're going somewhere, we're going somewhere. And then you get to the top and then it just levels out and then just slowly starts to go down. And it's like, this is awful. Get me off of this. His character was just annoying. Like, was there even a villain? Like, is there a villain other than like the volcano? Like who is the, the auction scene? That is just the dumbest thing. And and, and going back, going back to what you were saying, Chad, about like, we can literally just kill them because only like 11 or 12 of them got out. It's like, what are you going to do with your $10 million dinosaur? How are you even going to, control it and then when you let it go it's like all we need is a tank or even just a a a a nine millimeter to shoot a couple bullets in it and it's gone it's like you know and you wasted your money on it It, it, just that whole sequence was dumb and it's i i don't know i where they're gonna go with it like i'm interested enough to be like okay i have to see the third one because I have to know how they're going to close this. Like, what is, is it just going to show us like how we're coping with uh, several of these, you know, dinosaurs or like what's going to happen? Cause they can't, they can't repopulate. Right. And then it showed them carrying the, um, the, I don't know, I guess the, the chemicals or whatever to reproduce them. Right. Didn't they like to give them some credit? I think that the, the idea is not, just the dinosaurs that were sold, even though technically it looked like most of the people that bought dinosaurs were killed. Maybe they got out um, <laughs> of the house at the end. 
I think the idea is that it's the DNA and the ability to recreate the different species medically that gets out into all the different people's hands that poses the bigger threat. So, so I'll at least give them credit for that. But back to your original question, Daniel. Yes, that is the point where, because I think I mentioned this earlier where I said up until they got off the island or started leaving the island, I was pretty much still on board with it. But where I really got that first sense of outside of the fact that the writing was poor, essentially immediately, was that moment, that exact moment where he's clearly about to establish contact with Blue, and then they shoot Blue, Mm -hmm. and then they all circle in on him, and then they shoot him, and then leave him there to die. That was the thing. Had had they tranked him, yeah, had they tranked him and then put him in the back of the truck, I still wouldn't have liked it, because again, we've seen this a million times. He gets off the plane, it cuts to a POV shot of the guy, the the whoever the bounty guy is that's in charge of the military. He's got like a match in his mouth, and he's got cool looking sunglasses, yeah, yeah. and he looks and it and the score changes. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. So yes, it's the second that you see this guy, you know he's bad. You know the bounty hunter guy is yeah. bad. And then he shoots him and leaves him to die on the island. To die. What? What are we talking about here? It's ridiculous. It's, it's, yeah. So at that moment on, and then I know, Daniel, you disagree with me, but I like the concept of we need to get the dinosaurs off the island and mm-hmm. onto the mainland to set up part three where they're literally roaming the earth. Okay. I like that. I like that idea. The mechanism of, and the way we do that is we create a James Bond movie where all the supervillains of the world come together in their black limousines and their their Euro dance music and their sunglasses inside, and we bet billions of dollars from the Russian side on these dinosaurs while trying to mix it with a haunted house movie yeah. with a with a raptor. What? No, I don't understand it. That is not the mechanism. It makes it's terrible. It's I cannot. And and for me, it's not even the execution. I understand there's there's a way to get these creatures off the island by boats and then have them break out. But the way that they did it, I mean, if I was sitting in a room with me, you and Chad. And Chris and Melody, and we were like, all right, we're just brainstorming here, spitballing. What's the top 10 ways that we can get these dinos off the island? We could do the top 3,000 ways, and I don't (laughs) think we would ever land on billionaire auction haunted house. I just can't. That's the thing. Like, again, I, I, I. I disagree just just ever so slightly because I appreciate that they wanted to do something different. They didn't just want another park running amok. Um, but the thing is, I mean, I guess they tried it and we see that it doesn't work to do something differently because the volcano thing could have been its own okay movie that's still not quite a full movie, but it was would have been better. But just taking them to this haunted house, I appreciate doing this something differently, but this was just terrible. Uh, and and I agree. They could have just done the whole movie on the volcano island and had a got them to a cargo ship finally, and then that cargo ship breaks down or runs aground or something, and then the rest of the movie goes crazy in the third part. But um, man, haunted house of all the genre twists to go to, I'm not sure why they picked haunted house. 
I don't either. And I'm not saying they needed to stay on the island the whole movie. I believe there's a way to get them off the island in the first act and then break them out in a different way. I just, this, and it's not just that it was dumb. They executed it dumbly in a way that accentuates the weaknesses of the genre. It's all of the silly villains and it's the, the auction and it's the people acting in ways that nobody would ever act. Uh, so anyway, uh, we, we, I think at this point we're almost 50 minutes in, we're kind of beating a dead horse, but <laughs> I, you know, this movie is so dumb. I just cannot for the life of me understand how anybody thought this was a good idea, except it's going to make half a billion dollars worldwide. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That's the thing. Like in the first two movies, we already talked about it, but the first two movies, it's it's largely man versus beast. And in all of them, including Jurassic Park, there is a villain, a human villain, right? But he, in Jurassic Park, he's so minor. And even in Jurassic World, so minor. He's just kind of a, in the periphery. But in Fallen Kingdom, the villains are the main villain. It is not about, not largely about man versus beast. That's secondary to this dumb James Bond-esque auction plot. Um, and what a huge mistake. Just doesn't make any sense. Yep. And it's not, I take it back, it's it's not going to make half a billion. It's already made three quarters of a billion. It's already at 715 million worldwide. Wow. That's nuts. So it's going, it's going to cross the billion Thanks, dollar Thanks, China. For sure. Chad, you picked a good one to be on. We're really happy tonight. Oh, right? <laughs> I was like, oh, man, I hope I hope they're like in somewhat of agreement because if they like this, then I'll just, you know, I'll feel terrible. Oh, they don't but, care. They don't care. It's going to yeah. make – this is what I'm saying. Like, can you imagine – Trevorrow came on the scene with Safety Not Guaranteed as a breakout. Which was good. And then he – yeah, which was good. Very good. I, I enjoyed it very much. Gets handed the keys to Jurassic World. It's not good. It's not terrible, but it's it's not good. It's serviceable, but it makes almost two billion, or maybe right. just under just worldwide. Under. And so, of course, you can write your own ticket at that point. So, what does he do? The Book of Henry, which is a <laughs> new level of terrible. Worse than this, and, by the way. Worse than. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, okay, I mean it's in the conversation for sure. And then he follows it up as the writer of this one. Can you imagine uh, Kathleen Kennedy? You can say whatever you want to about the last Jedi or solo or anything else, but she should get a medal of honor for taking him away (laughs) from episode nine, because I can't even imagine what that would have been. So anyway, I'm so sorry to be negative people. I love movies. I love, it's a lot of hard work people to make these films and they put their heart and soul into it. But every once in a while we get a stinker like this and people just have to call it out. And I just got to call a spade a spade. So there you go. That's right. Chad Madden, any parting words about Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom? No, I, I, I think I said it all. I mean, I am interested in the third one because I got to see what they're going to do, how they're going to finish it. But if it's anything like this, then they just need to scrap the whole <laughs> thing and just start again from, you know, just a brand new, you know, not even recreating. I would say just start a, a complete reboot. So, yeah, I mean, that's it. I agree, except for I would say stop with Jurassic Park, please. Don't reboot it. Just just let a, <laughs> let a good thing be a good thing before you kill it any further. But there's going to be a third movie. Chad Madden, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we really, really appreciate your feedback and, uh, and hope you keep listening and hope to talk to you again. Yeah, absolutely. Once again, so thank you so much. And with that, we will move into our review of Incredibles 2. It's time 
to make some wrong things right. Help me bring supers back into the sunlight. We need to change people's perceptions about superheroes, and Elastigirl is our best play. Better than me? <clears throat> Sweetie. I'll watch the kids, no problem. That's not the way you're supposed to do it, Dad. They want us to do it. This I don't way. know that way. Why would they change math? Uh, math is math. Okay, math Dad. is math. Hello? Hey, honey. How are the kids? Everything's great. Is she having adolescence? And Jack Jack. <laughs> And that was from the trailer of Pixar's latest, Incredibles 2. Writer and director Brad Bird returns to this sequel 14 years after the breakout hit that was Incredibles. Uh, The IMDb description is as follows. Bob Parr, Mr. Incredible, is left to care for the kids while Helen, Elastigirl, is out saving the world. All right, Daniel, it's no secret that Pixar is known just worldwide as producing content that is not only accessible to kids, but also adults. I also think that it's safe to say that they are the one studio, and maybe there's more, maybe you can help me, I'm not thinking about it, but that has been able to consistently produce sequels that were as good and in some cases better than their originals, which is no small feat. I know oftentimes when a sequel has been announced to these films, who many of which are beloved, there's been a general idea of, do we really need that? So my question to you as it relates to Incredibles 2 is, number one, give me very briefly your thoughts on the original Incredibles and where, where that one stands in your Pixar pantheon. And then number two, And perhaps the most important question, does Incredibles 2 justify its own existence as a sequel? Well, I do have to disagree slightly with what you said. You said Pixar has been a studio that has been consistently able to produce sequels, often better or at least on par with their originals. I agree that they have done that, but not consistently. I think if you look back to Finding Dory, huge step down. Cars 2 and 3 stepped down huge in, in the case of Cars 2. Um, I think really, and Monsters, Univers- Monsters University is, is great, but a step down. I think it's really just the Toy Story franchise um, that has done really well. It has been increasingly good. Of course, Toy Story 3 is one of the best animated movies uh, ever made. So the, the sequel sequels honestly have not done so well for me, uh, for Pixar, even though they've been mostly fine not often great. And so That is not the question I asked you, sir. Don't <laughs> reject my premise just because now that you say it I realize that I'm wrong. Okay? <laughs> Please continue. I'm so sorry. Uh, but with Incredibles, I was actually extremely excited because that, that's that been, out of any Pixar movie, that's the one that's most primed for a sequel. It basically sets itself up for a sequel in a really natural way. I mean, look, this is a superhero movie. What do superhero movies do? They make more superhero movies because it's just a natural progression. So I was very excited for this. I love the first Incredibles. There's something special about, well, I love superhero movies in general. 
I love the Marvel franchise. I love the idea of the DC franchise. I, I love superhero movies. Incredibles is awesome because animation lends itself so well to the superhero genre because you can just do things that would look ridiculous if it was live action. I love the first movie. It's got heart. It's got family dynamics that really work. Great characters. And so I've been psyched for a sequel for 14 years. You know what? I love Incredibles 2. I love this movie. Uh, it's so genuinely funny. That was the biggest thing. I, it was actually a lot funnier than, I don't know, maybe I expected. It was really fun. There was multiple really laugh-out-loud moments for me. Uh, but it's also very sweet, and uh, it's got great action. And like I said, you can just do amazing things with animation, and uh, when you add superheroes into the mix, it's just really spectacular. The animation here is is amazing and fully fleshed out, and the characters are just as good as they were in the first one. I, I really love the fact that this movie picks up right at the end of the last one, even though it's been 14 years for us, for these characters, yeah. it's essentially, it just picks right back up, which again, you can't do that in live action. And it makes for such a natural progression of the story. They pick back up with the Underminer just coming up and, and uh, they, you know, look, m light spoilers here, they win, okay? They beat, they beat the Underminer and there's a greater threat for them to handle after that. And so it's a really great uh, progression. The story is so well written, and it's often really, really timely, like kind of bizarrely timely. Uh, look, we try to avoid politics on this show, and so I'm not going to go too deep into this, but as I, as I walked into the theater, my friends and I were, as I was sitting in the theater, my friends and I were talking about the awful uh, separation of children at the border and, and what happens when doing good means going against the law, right? We were having that conversation, and then not 15 minutes into this movie, they started having that exact discussion in this film. And, and I think they did a remarkable job with that conversation. And so I loved how it was able to be so timely and touch on things that, that uh, our country is going through at the same time without, not even close to coming to, to, it's not even close to beating you over the head with it. It was just very natural and, uh, and, and it made perfect sense within the story. And so this was so, so well written, very remarkable, and I really appreciated uh, the themes that they had. And it really addressed what it, it means to be good, to be moral, and to be following the law. Um, so it was really great stuff and, and never over the top. Um, I will say the plot is, it's, it's pretty predictable for sure. I think if I, you know, that's probably the most negative thing I can say about it. I, I saw the twist. I think you did it. I'm sure you did as well. Saw the twist coming from a mile away. Not shocking at all. But, you know, it, it didn't hurt the film really because it's still so much fun. Great family dynamics and really great themes along with just being a really fun superhero movie. So, all that to say, I loved Incredibles 2. I would say, is it as good as the first one? I would say it's almost as good maybe just the tiniest bit step down i still like the first one better but uh, this is absolutely a worthy sequel and really it's just totally worth the wait wow so very high praise from absolutely. daniel all right i am going to mostly agree with you there daniel all right. I, I really enjoyed this movie quite a bit i don't think it's almost as good as the first one i think it's a good solid step down if the incredibles was a five star then this for me is a, is a strong four star fair enough i think that this 
does a lot of things right. I do think it justifies its, its existence as a sequel, which, uh, as that relates to sequels in general, if it can do that, then the the rest of it is gravy. I, I think that it's not certainly not just a cash grab, as some of the criticism had been prior to its release. Now, that said, I do think one of the highlights of, of the film is... Brad Bird, you know, say what you want to about some of his live action stuff, but this guy knows how to construct an action sequence in unique ways that we have not seen before. Now, obviously, in a feature that is animated, he can do things and move the camera in ways that may not quite be possible in live action, but there are sequences in this film that are literally breathtaking, and not just breathtaking uh, in scope, but just in the way that they are constructed moving from one place to the next, and some of the mechanisms that we get to see as these characters use their powers to interact with the universe is just super cool. I mean, that's all you can say. It just looks great and it's exciting. And there are multiple sequences in here. So even if you didn't like any of the themes or you weren't interested in any of the deeper meanings or kind of the subtext, you can enjoy this movie just as a pure action spectacle because there's lots of it and it's all fantastic. But in typical Pixar fashion, there's always something beneath the surface. Now, I'm going to say part of the reason for me not thinking this is as good as the first Incredibles is because I think there are so many different themes that you could take from this that I feel I feel like it's almost so much that they couldn't I almost preferred that he would have had more time to kind of whittle in and focus in on what he was trying to say even a little more. And I don't want that to sound too negative, but keeping it general, there are so many things. You could literally explore being who you truly are and the joy that comes from embracing who you are, regardless of who society says you should be. There's the importance of family. There's finding the heroic in the everyday doing of life. There's being fixated on each other and the people in our lives and living our lives instead of the screens around us, which, again, this is a period piece set in the 60s, and so I do think it was really very interesting that they chose to highlight how even then that people could be addicted to the screen. There's a thing about work-life balance here. There's uh, gender role reversals going on in here. There's all kinds of things that are all done well. But there's just a lot of them, and and I liked all of them. I mean, for in in particular, and we see this in the tagline on the IMDb description and in the trailer, that we learn very quickly that Elastigirl has got a new job where she goes out to try and do good so that heroes and supers, as they're called, can be made legal again, which means Mr. Incredible has to go home and be with the kids. I loved how they played the almost the entire movie with him not ever really being in his costume, except at the very beginning and the very end. And his entire arc is around the everyday dealing of life with children at home. And what we learn through that is he's exhausted and it's the hardest thing that he's ever done. And it's a great, it's a great message that that in and of itself is heroic. So I love that entire dynamic between the family. I love the story. We have a a little teenage love story, 
But the MVP for me has to be Jack-Jack. He is hilariously funny, discovering his powers, the family having to contend with the unpredictability of his powers, delivers so many consistent laugh lines throughout. This movie also, even though it's dealing with the superhuman, it feels very human. I I just love everything about what they did here. And, And unlike you, Daniel, I went into this one not really expecting to like it as much as I did. I wasn't, I didn't have a negative bias per se. I just was kind of like, okay, well, let's just see what you got. So overall, I do have to say, I I didn't, I didn't love the villain. Uh, I I thought it was executed in a, in a cool way, but I didn't love the villain. And very much like you said, very quickly, you know exactly what's going to happen with this story. You know who's good and who's bad. You know who they want you to think is good. That point was a little bit disappointing, but overall, it's just put together so competently that you can't help but admire it and like it. I, I, I'm a I'm a thumbs up for sure. And I should mention too that this has. All of the original voice cast returning, we have Craig T. Nelson, Holly Hunter, Sarah Vowell. All of these people are doing just excellent work from top to bottom. So, yay. Yay for Incredibles 2. I, I loved the new heroes, too. It was kind of awesome in the uh, in the Incredibles, the first one. We really didn't see too many other villains. We got kind of like brief flashbacks to some of the other villains who had been around. But, you know, in that one, of course, all, all the villains, it's, you're not supposed to be a superhero. The superheroes are right. supposed to be hidden and underground. And so um, we didn't really get to see them. But in this one, we have a few other characters who are really great. Um, they're, they're small, but I love seeing other yeah. other different powers and um, seeing Kristen Stewart as a superhero, basically. <laughs> and uh, it was just uh-huh. uh, it was really interesting to see see kind of more of that world. So I think they expanded the world without it feeling unnatural. So I really appreciated yeah. that. I- I definitely like the tier two B team kind yeah, of team, yeah. uh, <laughs> kind of superheroes. It's 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 just got lots of. I think the expansion of the world is is exactly right. I read an article after I saw this movie. I didn't know it prior to going in that this movie was originally planned as a Pixar release for 2019, mm-hmm. but that. Toy Story 4, which was going to be this year, wasn't in a state where they felt that it was ready to release, so they essentially switched it. So there's been some articles written saying that Brad Bird actually would like to have had more time to polish this one. And that's interesting because I do feel like, for me, some of the negatives is I do feel like there are some some things that are explored kind of surface level that are rushed through. And I can see how a little bit more time in the oven may have made a difference. But even still, this is really, really, very good and is worth your time. I mentioned Jack-Jack. One of the things that I thought was really cool about Jack-Jack is it's not just that he's funny and adorable and great animation, but I think it's a perfect representation of how, and Daniel, you know, you've mentioned on the podcast that you guys are expecting, mm-hmm. and I don't know that we've said that you guys are expecting twins. Yeah. I think you did. So uh, what I, when, I, when I saw this, I actually thought of you, <laughs> is I think that Jack-Jack is a perfect representation of how a parent can feel that their little ones must have superhuman powers (laughs) to constantly exhaust them (laughs) and so when I watched that I thought Daniel and Rachel are about to get a big pile of that for sure but uh, but overall I I think you're right that this is really a very good movie and that people should see it but before we jump into spoilers Daniel let's let's make our recommendations so they see this and should we just say everybody should see this in the theater I mean do we even need to go through the thing we don't 
don't even need to go through the thing. But before we went into spoilers, I don't want to interrupt our review too much. I did want to talk real quick about the short before Incredibles. We kind of forgot to mention that. Um, So what did you think of Bao? I liked it a lot. It's hard to talk about without spoiling it. Yeah. So can we do just a little quick? Let me do. So the general, my general idea is because this is a very polarizing short. I've seen some people that absolutely hate it and some that really embrace it. I think overall, I'm very positive on it. It's beautiful. And I think the message is really very nice. Some of the more controversial things about it, I think we need to talk about in spoilers. So real quick, what did you think about the short? I agree. I think this is a really beautiful uh, short. I think it has a great message about parenthood, and I think it is really sweet and heartbreaking at the same time and and a little bit more honest i think uh than they've yeah. gotten before in in these shorts it it feels like a very complete story and we haven't gotten we haven't gotten a short like this from pixar in a while that's really truly emotionally fulfilling i'm really i am disappointed with some of the feedback because i i i think some people i i, I don't mean this is going to come out really snobbish and really just annoying. say it just be people, pretentious daniel just do it people don't get it people don't get this short and it really makes they, me they sad don't. and even they clear they clearly don't yeah. there are moments in this short where my audience gasped audibly yes. because they're taking it literally right yes and so that's you know that's that's my, it's not meant not meant to be taken that way, people. There's audience, nothing else to tell yes. you except that. My audience felt the same way. There were there were loud laughs at things that aren't supposed to be funny, and uh, even even uh, I don't mean to put her on blast, but my wife felt the same way. She just she she thought it was too weird, and I was like, oh man, this is a really great great movie about motherhood and parenting, uh, and it was so I really liked it a lot, um, but I'm I'm a little disappointed at that other people's responses for it. But I hope this wins the Oscar this year for Best Animated Short Film because it it absolutely deserves it. And yes, it's one of the reasons why you should definitely see Incredibles 2 in the theater. Yeah, no doubt. This is not like Frozen where you're going to have to sit there for 22 minutes. You know, before you finally get to Coco. Oh, I forgot. (laughs) You made me remember that stupid short. It is. So what we're going to do very quickly is we're going to jump into spoilers and we're going to start with just very quick spoilers for Bao and then we'll go into the rest of the review. So let's go to spoilers for Incredibles 2. You're listening to the Screeners Podcast. All right, Daniel. So obviously the scene that we're talking about in Bao is the moment where the mother eats Mm -hmm. the dumpling. For me, that didn't bother me as much. I mean, there's all kinds of articles about, and you'll have to tell me after you have your kids if this is how you feel, but (laughs) I have a good friend of mine who had, before Laura and I had any children, who used to tell us that when his kids were little, that he wanted to bite them, (laughs) that he wanted to bite his kids. And we used to make fun of him and obviously laugh and, and tell him how that he was a cannibal and all this stuff. But there's actually a lot of articles on there. And in the animal kingdom, this is a prevalent behavior where you don't want to bite them to hurt them, but you love them so much and they're so adorable that you just want to kind of chew on them, right? And <laughs> right. so I can verify that when we had our own son, you want to bite their little feet and their hands. and <laughs> It's just this strange thing that happens. 
part of that scene for me was not just, I think the clear metaphor that you can read there is that she wanted to keep her son Mm -hmm. home with her no matter what it took. But I also think there's a a motherhood level there as well, which is she wanted to not just bite them because they're cute, but actually consume him and have him back inside her stomach, you know, as if he were in utero. And yeah, that's dark. I mean, this is a Pixar short. And uh, I just don't think that people, even when it resolves i think a lot of people are having a hard time just kind of making that connection where i thought it was absolutely beautiful it was it was absolutely beautiful and and i I think it's also there's a little bit of if if you want to go out in the world it basically like if i can't have you no one can and um, yeah you you have to stay with me even if it kills you it was just so that's such an honest such an honest portrayal of of loving something so much especially when they don't they're they're drifting away from you even if it's natural and even if it's healthy and so man um just talking about it is is moving me a little bit it it, that's such a beautiful short i this is probably my favorite pixar short in man a decade or more i i i I can't remember a, a pixar short that i loved this much it was really really well written and beautiful it absolutely is beautiful and i can tell you that even as a five-year-old, my wife and I have had discussions through literal tears about the day that our son leaves to go to wherever he goes after high school, because you just can't imagine not having this presence in your life. And so it, it is absolutely beautiful. Now, to take it away from being so serious, I wasn't as disturbed by the mom eating the dumpling as I was. Didn't they go into a dumpling shop? And yeah. they eat other dumplings, <laughs> yeah, they did, <laughs> including so the dumpling. Yeah. So I don't know what that means. I know there's a little cannibalism going on or whatever, but anyway, overall, I, think, I, I go ahead. I think one thing we can take away from this is this is the first Pixar Pixar short directed by a woman, um, and yeah. I think it, it's it's no coincidence that you get this honest honest message of motherhood um, when you ha- add female voices into the equation and, and uh, get more diversity onto the d- directing and writing staff. So uh, I really applaud Pixar for this move, and I hope they, they yeah. keep moving that way in the future, because especially if it gets this great uh, films and messages like Bao. I agree, because a lot of the Pixar shorts have historically felt more like tech demos than they did anything yeah. else. They were cute, which are good, uh, and they were f- and they were fine, right? Yeah. But this actually had a had a really deep message. It was a that full I thought story. Was just yeah, thought it was lovely. Thought it was lovely. So Daniel, I don't think we need to spend too much time uh, in spoilers here. I think both of us uh, have loved it, but I did wanted to talk just very quickly about the villain. This is it, the screen slaver. Yep. I think you and I both talked about it specifically. It's very clear early on that after we meet Bob Odenkirk and Catherine Keener's characters, which is it's Winston Dever and and Evelyn Dever, <laughs> Evelyn Dever, that one of the two of them is going to be bad, yep. right? Because we're we're to believe that they are in the corner of the Incredibles and they want to help the Supers be legal again. The movie positions us to think that Bob Odenkirk's character is the one that's really bad. And it's so because obvious he's the that showman he's not. and he's right right. But it's so obvious that you know that it's not going to be him, that it's going to be his sister and shock of shocks that's exactly who it was. For me, that's probably one of the central disappointments. Again, it doesn't break the movie, but a lot of the tension that's set up in that midsection of the film revolves around the reveal of that, and I do feel like that was kind of 
disappointing. Did you see yep. that coming a mile away? Oh yeah, it was so obvious. You know when because Bob Odenkirk's character seems a little bit more. Uh, maybe he's a little bit more conniving, so maybe he's the bad guy. Okay, obviously he's not. And uh, Catherine right. Keener's character, you know, I, it's hilarious because screen slaver is hypnotizing people, right? I kept waiting for Catherine Keener to say, now you're in the sunken place. <laughs> um, but she never did. Uh, but yeah, it was so obvious, and uh, that that was definitely the biggest disappointment I had because you have Elastigirl investigating the investigating this whole thing. So so you're spending right. a lot of time where she's trying to figure out who it is when I've known for 20 minutes. So right. that was that was a bummer for sure. Yeah, and that's where the movie just kind of slows down a little bit. And it's and this is not one of those things that. You have it has constant action because a lot of the things are cutting in between Mr. Incredible being at home, which I loved all that of that all stuff. Is great. I loved all of that stuff. As a matter of fact, if I'm being totally honest here, this this movie is for me was at its best when that's where we were. Yeah. I mean you could you could almost take all of the underminer, all of the screen slaver stuff out of this and just make this kind of the family drama with the superheroes. And I would love it, I think, just as much. Now, I love the action, don't get me wrong, but this movie is it really is a, most alive when we're getting those scenes where he's interacting with his daughter and he doesn't understand what he's doing wrong. He's just trying to do his best, but he's yeah. messing up the, you know, messing up the, the budding relationship. And it's, it's just full of all these wonderful moments that Brad Bird is just great yeah. at, at at, at writing. You can tell that's where his heart is. I mean, because that's the that's the real stuff, right? That's the real yeah. let's show real life. And then the action was there to kind of give you something else and uh there just didn't feel as much passion in that in the superhero storyline. So, I 100% agree. Yeah. Uh I'll I'll tell you that the thing that I laughed at the funny I don't know, maybe it's just me. I thought it was freaking hilarious when Mr. Incredible and uh, Dash and Violet go get food at that restaurant where her the crush works. And, yes. and the and he, the boy shows up as the waiter and she squirts the soda yes. out of her nose. I, the animation was so realistic and uh, oh, hilarious yeah. for when that, that stuff came out of her nose and just her genuine embarrassment. I, that was the funniest thing in that the entire movie. That whole scene was great. And I'm glad you mentioned the animation because we haven't specifically singled that out. This movie looks incredible. It does. Ta-da-da, I'll be here all week. Nice. It absolutely looks phenomenal. And I actually saw this in 3D because I had to. I'm glad uh-huh. I did. I think animation is the last frontier where 3D actually yeah. is still... It still makes a big difference. But yeah, this movie is really funny. It's really moving. It's really heartfelt. Uh, I love, too, I wanted to mention just real quick, I, I've never seen the split bike that Elastigirl has where she uses yeah, the inertia yeah. of her own body to slingshot herself with the two halves of the bike. Super cool. What a cool. neat idea. Just lots of good stuff all around. So anything else, Daniel, you want to say before we wrap it up? No, like, I don't want to beat a dead horse. Uh, I mean, this is a fantastic movie. Uh, Dare I say incredible. This movie is just a a lot of fun. And I would say upper to to kind of upper middle tier of Pixar. It's probably the best sequel to a Pixar movie since uh, since Toy Story 3. it's, uh, It's really, really great. I agree. This is the first Pixar sequel that I've left where I just felt wholly good 
uh, about the entire experience. I mean, Monsters University was really great it was, as well. It was good. This is this yeah, this is a level above that and so everybody should see it. And it's doing incredible. Hey, that's that word again. So many. Box office. Yeah, 180 million dollar opening weekend, the highest of all time for an animated feature. Yeah. And by a lot. By a lot. And here we are um, after two weeks in release, and it's over 300 million domestic. So, uh, yeah, it's looking pretty good, looking pretty good to go up to number two behind Avengers Infinity War. And I can't be mad at it because it's really, really great. If Jurassic World had been the number one movie of this year, I may stop watching movies altogether. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. We hope that you have enjoyed this special double feature episode. Make sure, again, when you get a chance to go over to our social media channels, go to Facebook, look for The Screeners Podcast. Keep up with what's going on on Twitter, at ScreenersCast, and send us an email, ScreenersCast at gmail.com, and we'll be sure to get right back to you. Thanks again for listening, and make sure to join us next time when we'll have special bonus reviews of Won't You Be My Neighbor and Sicario Day of the Something Something. Soldado. <laughs> and there you have it. That's why you come to hear us, folks. Is it Day of the Soldado? What is it? No, that was good. I do it exactly that. I, I don't fix it. I there thought you that go. was hilarious. I here we are, folks. No editing, but you do get this. <laughs> and that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.